Ladies and gentlemen, the house is now open and featuring on the stage with me tonight is an actor, musician, director and overall wonderful chap, Matthew Boole. How are you, bud? Hello, mate. I'm all right. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm still bald, unfortunately, but uh, it's some things that COVID yes. can't um, cure, but, you know, it's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, very true. I've never watched as much Netflix, Amazon Prime, every other subscription service in my life. <laughs> yeah. Are you up to date with The Mandalorian? Mate, come on. <laughs> am I up to date? Of course I'm up to date with it. Of course I am. Every Friday morning, what it was is I did Pilates, half nine till half ten. And then as soon as I'd finish, I'd run upstairs before I saw any kind of spoilers on Twitter and I'd whack it straight on, give it one initial viewing. I'd go downstairs, I'd have lunch, I'd come back upstairs, I'd watch it again, <laughs> just to make sure I had missed anything. But Obviously, this season has just been for me Up notch. immense. Yeah. Being such a massive Boba Fett fan as I am. Yeah. To see him back was just incredible. It's, incredible. It's a good mix of like brand new material for the universe, but also a great like nostalgia pop for diehard fans. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because we haven't seen a Boba Fett like that before when he came back and he <laughs> eventually got his armor back and was just, I, I was just like a child I really I mean so I gotta good. say he does look really good for someone who got chomped up in Return of the Jedi right I know <laughs> I know for someone who was meant to be digested over 6,000 years he's mm. looking alright like he is looking yeah. quite good I must know what his diet plan is <laughs> all New Zealand people are attractive I don't know what it is something in the genes exactly Peter Jackson yes uh, never mind <laughs> yes, Peter Jackson, the, the man who was famous for playing Father Christmas stabbing Simon Pegg in Hot Yes, Buzz. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting he was in that film. I always forget. And then when people remind me, go, oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. And Kate Blanchett as well. Kate Blanchett, yeah. Yeah. Before we um, delve into like 10 hours of geeking out, which is what I would Sorry. love to do. No, no, no. Dude, I'm wearing an X Men t shirt, bud. And you're yeah. wearing a Boba Fett t shirt. So yeah. th this. Podcast may get taken over by geek culture. I apologize in advance, people. <laughs> Someone just like turns around and says, like, I was expected to listen to a podcast of sophisticated arts. And yeah. now they go on talking about this thespian fit. <laughs> With some kind of star and war. I don't know what yeah. they're talking about. It will determine one way. <laughs> <laughs> What was your experience with um, the arts, you know, before all this clusterfuck happens um, that is COVID? Like, yeah. So tell us a bit about you. I am an actor, a writer of sorts, a director, like I said, a musician. Literally, I started acting when I was 11, 12. And it all started because my parents took me to see my brother, who was in the musical South Pacific at oh, the local okay. theatre. As soon as the show finished, I looked at my parents and said, I want to do that. My brother took me along to that group. It sounds very corny, mm. but from the moment I stepped on stage when I was 12, I just thought, this is literally what I want to do for the rest yeah. of my life. And then when my parents started to show me films that have inspired me, I just thought, oh, I wouldn't mind doing that as well. I'd be in <laughs> films and stuff like yeah. that. Okay, I've done far less film and TV than I have theatre, but I think that's the case for... The thing about being an actor or just like jobbing is the fact like you can jump from so many different mediums to film, theatre, voiceover, especially now, like with motion capture and all that sort of stuff. There's so oh, many man. different fields. I'd love to try that. 
that's the mm. one thing i've never been i've never been able to do but that's the one thing i'd love to try now we could look like we look but yeah. no disrespect to us too we could be the romantic lead in something <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. He could be the good-looking one, you know? <laughs> it's right. like Mark Hamill says about voiceover acting. The best thing about it is that people can't see you and you can do yeah. roles that you would never do in a live action. Exactly, exactly. Even though I would love to see him play a live-action Joker. Yeah, I really would love to yeah. see him. I don't think I it mean, will ever happen, though, but yeah. But did he do anything with the the DC TV shows because Kevin Conroy played Batman, didn't he? For the he did. He was uh, the trickster in the Flash, wasn't he? And I think when they did that big like Crisis on Infinite Earth thing, I think he may have come back and done a little bit for that. Yeah, the same thing that Kevin Conroy done, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on. That. Yeah, because I didn't. No. I didn't really watch those to be honest. Oh, mate, literally, like, I got through the first two series of Arrow, then I got through the first series of Flash, and then it was like, oh, in order yeah. to watch this properly, you've got to watch episode one, two of this, uh, then no, one of, I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm out. But my dad said, you know, he, enjoy, he really enjoyed Arrow, and I said he should watch it. But my dad is the kind of person that if he signs up for Netflix, he hmm. feels like he has to watch everything on uh. Netflix. He has to watch everything on Amazon Prime. Like, you don't have to get through everything. It's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Binge watching like a million hours of just like random series. Yeah. And then you say, it's like, yeah. you do realise you don't have to spend your entire £8 a month to do yeah. this in a month. Yeah. You yeah. have plenty of time. You know, I, I said to my dad the other day, he said, have you seen Have you seen Netflix? He went, yeah. That, that was the end of the conversation. You've seen Netflix, you've seen all of it. I've worked with Bully on a, um, a production of Antony and Cleopatra. And i got to say, I had an absolute ball doing that. Me and Lambie always talk about when we're sat in the pub and we've had a drink, you know, we always yeah. come back to what we've done and, you know, things we've done in the past. And a big one for Lambie, obviously, <laughs> is Antony and Cleopatra because he played Antony, you know. Oh, yeah, of course. It's a big deal. Um, yeah. So it will come back to that eventually. But the one yeah. thing we always say about that production is Scott's death, mind. <laughs> Scott's death in that. Mate, honestly, every time you did it, I was I was terrified. Because obviously it was me, <laughs> you, and him on stage. Yeah. But oh my god, if you just for the audience now, if you imagine that there's some staging right in the middle pushed to mm. the back and Scott was quite close to this when he just had to cut his throat and fall over but Scott you put so much into it every single night I thought he is going to hit his head on that stage again. and I was terrified <laughs> don't get me wrong yeah that was the whole idea yeah the audience were meant to go oh bloody hell did he just, did he just kill himself you know that's <laughs> the whole point of it yeah but yeah when the actors on stage are like Scott, please don't hurt yourself. <laughs> I was shitting myself every night. I really didn't was. like uh, Peter, the director, literally say it's like, right, we, we might have to change this because Scott, <laughs> I don't want to have like a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, t- just for reuse, Scott, take it back 40%. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. But just wait. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like Hammy near death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Never go full ham if you're near death. That's mm. that's the moral yeah. of this story. And the moral of the story is don't have a death scene where you have to cut your throat and then do like a full-on wrestling bump. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me in my position and Lambie in his position as well. Yeah. We were saying the lines before and acting our acting our arts out, like obviously. Yeah, yeah. But obviously we knew it was coming. And we were like, every night there was just like, Scott, just do it now, get it over with quickly. <laughs> you know? Oh god. I shouldn't have to be that stressed on, on stage, Scott. You've just reminded me of something with that production. Parents come to support you in like shows and all that, which is like, yes, yeah, it's fine. But my parents aren't the biggest Shakespearean fans, which is fair enough. Like it's not everyone's yeah. cup of tea, fair enough. My mum's like trying to work it out. She's sitting next to her friend. It's like, so he loves her, but they're together. <laughs> it's, yeah. There's that happening. And my dad has been up since like six o'clock in the morning and he's come straight to the theatre after working like maybe what, a 10 hour, 12 hour shift. He's yeah, in the yeah. back row, just like nodding off. Like he's trying to stay awake, bless him. But then all of a sudden, Cleopatra comes on. It's like, where for art is Anthony? And then all of a sudden, this man just pops out. It's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. And everyone just turns around. It's like, what? <laughs> Do you know what? I was actually going to put this as one of my rejects. Oh, but then okay. I thought it might be a bit, you know, other actors really listen to me and got to be so bloody stupid. What, my dad's coming that... to see Shakespeare? <laughs> yeah, your dad. <laughs> your dad is being rejected from the industry. No. Um, <laughs> is, is your family and your friends coming to see shows? Oh, okay. I was going to do that, but I'm not going to, don't worry. But if you think about it, right, hmm. if if you were, I don't know, an accountant, yeah, I wouldn't come and watch you at work. Do you know what I mean? If you if you're a plumber and you've gone to fix someone's bog, I'm not gonna go, that you Ben needs working on, don't I? You know, I'm not gonna do that. You've I? got it, you have got a fair point. It's like any other you know? field, it wouldn't work. But it's like no, but no. the only reason I would think about giving that a recall is because it gets more ticket sales. And this is my point. This is why mm. I didn't pick it, because at the end of the day, they want to support you because you know, it makes a theatre look fuller at the end of the day, doesn't it? But oh, yeah. what it was, though, when people make such a big deal about coming to see you in a show, oh, it's like, yeah. oh, I'll have to come. I'll have to come and see you. I'll have... <laughs> well, no, you come if you can. It's fine. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't watch you bound reception. Sorry oh, did it. you see the way he checked out that couple from the premiere in? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the way he serviced that luggage. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that okay, gets so a recall. That's... <laughs> That's two pints of Guinness and uh, a gin and tonic. Oh my God, he's done well there. He's done well there. Oh, throw in a shot and then give him the Oscar. Give him that. Give yeah. him Landlord of the Year. Chucking like. flowers at him. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. Oh, oh my. Can right. I'm so glad this has been recorded because that has to be a sketch. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm sorry. You're a writer. I like writing. I think yeah. this is something we could collab on yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> BBC Sesh will take it, probably. Note to self. Message oh. BBC Sesh. <laughs> I've got a contact. Watch this now. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this. He pulls out a list of... There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Okay. Name 910. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone's intro taken this long on this podcast? No, but I love it. Okay, I do apologize. <laughs> Sorry, it's all right. I'll let, I'll let you crack up. Quick yeah. fire round. You just tell me which of these you'd rather. Okay. Okay. A beer garden or drinks in a log cabin? Oh, mm. I'd say drinks in a log cabin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Especially with the just fire. Because 
Yeah, exactly. Because I know a lot of pubs that me and my mates go to are that type of pub. Or we yeah. prefer that type of pub. I get it. But obviously, recently, we have got used to a beer garden. You know? <laughs> we'll take whatever we, we can get to. in this day and age. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> give me a pint. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, before we go into lockdown again. Yeah. <laughs> and then right when then. the barman pulls oh. it. Well done. Well, well done. done. Roses, roses are oh, fantastic. Mwah. French kisses all round. <laughs> theme parks or arcades? Oh, theme parks. I love What's theme What's your favourite theme park? Uh, best one I've been to. I really like Alton Towers. I, yeah. Alton Towers does get a bad rap sometimes, I think. Mainly because, yeah. you know, someone died on one of their rides or something. I don't know. But... Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, no. I You just reminded me of a story. <laughs> oh, go on. I went to Alton Towers. It was the weekend when I was away on tour. And then my team was meeting up with another team. And mm. so at the end of the day, I put a post on saying, oh, really lovely day at Alton Towers with um, my team and this team. My friend um, put a comment. Oh, did you ride the Smiler? No, um, I, I fancy keeping my feet. And literally, it, I didn't even register. I, I, I forgot. And I'm like, oh, my shit. I'm going to hell. <laughs> I, I never forget when I went, because I went after that happened. Hmm. But obviously, they made this big thing about we've made this ride safe and stuff like that. But it was people in the queue kicking off. Like, oh, they've slowed it down. I was like, yeah, because someone died, you idiot. <laughs> what are you no, expecting? It's like it's no, like keeping um, the same speed. Yeah, go on, yeah. get him through, Bob. Get him through. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know the safety harnesses. No, let's get rid of them. Let's don't just let's them. just don't need them. Seatbelts fine and a bit of string. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, just put this over you. Hold on for dear life and uh, yeah. hope for the best. See you in twenty. <laughs> see you in twenty five seconds. <laughs> It's like that Frankie Boyle joke about the plane. It's like, um, if we do encounter an emergency and we are in the process of crashing, there will be masks dangling in front of you before you die. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Everyone's oh. probably thinking, I'm tuning off. I'm getting offended too easily. <laughs> yeah, sorry, this is taking way too long. <laughs> Christmas or Halloween? Christmas. I bloody love Christmas. Just an excuse to eat and drink too much. Point. And you get presents. That is very What's true. Not like, you know, and you get to wear shit Christmas. jumpers and you can look normal. Yeah, exactly. A relaxing or adventurous holiday? If I had to pick one, I think it'd be relaxing holiday. But most of the holidays I go on is during the day, I'd go out exploring. Mm. And then you come back and you relax in the night, uh, late afternoon. That's true, yeah. Sort of thing, like, mm. you know? Yeah. But yeah, relaxing, I would think. Bit of a patriotic question here for you. Football mm. or rugby? I am again, a massive football fan. Right. Who's your team? Yeah. Um, uh, now, can I just say, we recorded this the day. <laughs> yes. Two things day. happened to my football team. One was we are one of the six teams who joined that fucking stupid European Super League thing. And secondly, <laughs> we sacked our manager today. <laughs> so I'm a massive Tottenham Hotspur fan. That's my uncle's fault. I think my uncle must have must have grown up around the time when Tottenham were actually winning stuff and were hmm. relatively successful, which hasn't <laughs> been the case recently. But yeah, so football, football. Final question, as we were talking about Star Wars, and again, you're not rejecting or anything like that. It's just what you would rather right now. The okay. Star Wars prequels 
or the Star Wars Disney trilogy? Star Wars Disney trilogy. Contentious, I know. (laughs) We'll get to that in a minute when we get to my rejects. That's cool. The prequels, I watched them when I was a child. Mm. I don't mind them. Mm. Because now I've watched them as an adult, I I now think those Mm. scripts. (laughs) And they look so daft because they just look so of the time where yeah. the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy I think will age a lot better than the prequel trilogy has but then Fair again point. on the flip side of this out of the prequel trilogy we got the Clone Wars yes. which I just adore the Clone Wars Excellent. is so good even know? like the micro series they did on Cartoon Network yeah. where like each episode Amazing. was like a minute long I was just incredible. like, they they pitched me a series, not adverts. Mm. <laughs> yeah, amazing, and they're all on Disney Plus now. And if you get a chance to watch those, those are watch them because they are yeah amazing. I love those. If I was to sit down and watch a Star Wars trilogy now, and I had to pick between those two, yeah, I, I would still pick the recent trilogy. the sequel trilogy. There we are, but. That doesn't come without his issues as well. I'm just glad no one has ever done like fan fiction where like Darth Vader has had a rivalry with sand. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you've looked hard enough, Scott. (laughs) I'm sure there's one out there. I may have been bored during lockdown, but I wasn't that bored. (laughs) What is the first thing that is going to be rejected from our audition room today? And what has it done? that annoys you personally, or what is it that is generally considered to be projected? Right. Like I said, we'd get on to it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the first thing I want to reject is a bit of, a bit more to do with film, to be honest, mm-hmm. but it's toxic fandoms. Rejected. We're not talking about this. <laughs> yeah, no one might talk about it next. <laughs> you don't okay. need to. <laughs> no, to be honest, I did this enjoyment. one first because I thought it might take a while. But um, <laughs> but no, please, go just, on. I th- would consider myself part of two of the worst fandoms for this, which is Star Wars and Doctor Who. If you don't like something, right, mm-hmm. that's completely fine. I have no issue with you not liking something. There are things about Star Wars and Doctor Who I don't personally like. That's fine. If you go out to a restaurant for food and they put a steak in front of you and it's slightly over undercooked from what you ordered, you're not going to go into the kitchen and bully the chef so much that he has to leave social media. You're not yeah. going to do that, are you? No. So, why people think it's fine to bully actors, directors, writers of these things hmm. so much that they feel like they can't have a social media presence, that, to me, is mental. It's crazy. And I just want to remind people, you are a fan of Star Wars, Doctor Who, whatever, DC, Marvel, doesn't matter. You don't own it. You may feel like you have a certain ownership over it because you were a fan, Mm -hmm. but you don't own it. So if people put out a product, because these things are products to a certain extent now, Hmm. of that franchise that you don't like, that's fine. 
Because you've still got the things that made you fall in love with it anyway. You've still got the original trilogy. You've still got the prequels, if you like those. Yeah. You know, no one's taking that stuff away from you. It's like people kicking off and they automatically assume just because this one exists, like the other one is being erased. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, if you want to put this hashtag and get a lot of shit on your social media to do with this podcast for this, Uh, I personally love The Last Jedi. I thought The Last Jedi was great. You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. There was a certain proportion of The Last Jedi, which I just thought was a bit daft, i.e. when they went to the casino planet. Yeah. That's fine. But the way people responded to that quite frankly yeah. it was embarrassing it made you sh- ashamed to be a like a fan of this fandom exactly it, i i was so ashamed of it i was so ashamed of the fandom i was so ashamed of the fans which i have followed on social media and i saw some of the stuff they were saying and i just thought what the fuck is going on just because you didn't like the fact that Luke Skywalker wasn't doing massive Jedi flips and using yeah. his green lightsaber. Are you yeah. fucking mental? Are you yeah. nuts? George Lucas once came out and said, these are films made for children. And yes. you were kicking off this much about it? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I still remember the day I went to see The Last Jedi in the cinema and me and my mate turned to each other and we were like, that was quite good. I mean, there were some yeah. things, like you say, it's like we didn't exactly enjoy everything. But then again, what film, like on every single occasion, are you going to walk out and say, oh, there was nothing wrong with that film? Even if it's like a slight nitpick, you're like, well, they could have done this. But again, like no film is going to be perfect, in my opinion. Obviously, Ryan Johnson gets a lot of hate because of that film. Hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, he was a massive creative force behind that film, and that was evident to see. I get that. But what we got from The Last Jedi, what we got from that backlash, was, in my mind, probably... Okay, I'm going to come out and say it. We probably got the worst Star Wars film, technically, because of that backlash. Yeah. The Rise of Skywalker was a mess. It was. It was just a mess. And that yeah. was all because the fans backlashed against that much they wanted to boycott they backlashed that much against last jedi i have openly said like again like the rise of skywalker was a mess because in a way jj abrams was left a shitty hand in his deck because like was he was he really because what jj abrams did really was respond to the backlash Mm. where he could have just carried on the story from where it left off yeah that's you know? a fair point. That is a good way of looking at you know it. What I mean, it's like what, like you said, like obviously, like what was the whole point of Palpatine being in there? I'm like, oh my god, Ray's now the <laughs> daughter. I'm like, hang on, what the fuck? You've just pulled that out of your ass. I'm sorry. Honestly, when Kylo Ren said that to Ray, um, you're a Palpatine. My eyes rolled so far into the back of my head. <laughs> you I turned into the Undertaker. You. Because literally, all my mates know how much of a massive, massive Star Wars fan I am. And there was about mm. five or six of us, I think. And when that point came, they all just 
sat forward in their seats and just looked down the row <laughs> at me. And I was just sat there like a, with my head in my hands just because I thought, oh my God, that, that's probably worse than anything in the prequels, in my opinion. I will, I will totally Definitely. agree with you. It's Maybe like you not Jar Jar, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's another that is another kettle of fish. That's another but, story. Let's but again, just because that's shit doesn't mean you have the right to send death threats to them. People, stop oh sending God, death threats seriously. to actors playing characters to pay bills. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I, I and at the end of the day, Kel, Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose Tico hmm. in that and the Rise of Skywalker. That, that person, that was her big break. That was what every actor dreams about. The fact she got racially abused on social media because of that. Yeah. It's like, guys, if you don't like a character, that's fine. But can I just remind you, most of the things, most of the decisions for that character would have been the Lucasfilm story group. I was disgusted. I was just disgusted watching that and i just it's it's the same like uh, to back up your point it's exactly the same when there's like a casting that's been announced for a character and someone doesn't agree with it look at the backlash like i don't know how you feel about it but when ben affleck was announced as batman if you had Mm -hmm. a better script and a better director he is a perfect batman yeah i mean perfect I literally said, like, and I had loads of people giving me grief for this. I literally turned around and I just said, I think Ben Affleck played a better Batman and Bruce Wayne than Christian Bale. And they're like, what? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, that's my opinion. You're allowed to think, if yeah, you want to have your gravelly, um, not taking his fraught sweets Batman version, that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Where is she? Wait, Where is what? the trigger man? <laughs> it, it just sounds silly. The one I always come back to, again, like you just brought up Ben Affleck being cast as Batman. The one I always mm. come back to is when Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker. Yes. But some of the backlash from that, it's like, what, the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You? Are yeah. you serious? What, it's like, like, He's playing the yeah. Joker. But look what we got. Yeah, look at look at the performance we got him as the highest Joker in any form of in media. Like for me personally, it's Mark Hamill. But regardless, same here. But still, miles, miles, miles ahead, the best live action Joker we have ever had. But the backlash he got from that, from being cast as that, was mental. It was crazy. Social media, I think, plays a big part of this where it's like yeah. everyone is entitled to an opinion it's like we might be talking yeah. about star wars and like you might say oh i hate revenge of the sith oh i personally enjoyed revenge of the sith we're both entitled yeah. to those opinions exactly but it's like just because you can have an opinion doesn't mean you should bombard everyone online and say it's exactly. like i think especially with how easily influenced a lot of people are they'll because it's so easy to retweet it's one yeah. click and it's exactly. online forever. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the one I the one fandom I, I mentioned along with Star Wars at the start was Doctor Who. Yes. But watching the reaction to Jodie Whittaker being cast as a doctor. And I just think, right, guys, this is a TV program about mm. a thousand plus year old time lord who 
travels in time and space in a police box, uses a sonic screwdriver and not a gun, fights aliens that are robots with plungers, a a dustbin, (laughs) essentially. And you, a massive issue with this, it's a fucking woman. (laughs) You know, it's like, just just listen to yourselves. They're ruining my childhood. No, they're not. There is logic in what he says. Why would anyone think it's appropriate to give people abuse for playing a character, for directing, for something that's probably out of their control, and for somebody who wants to actually work in an industry that's so bloody hard to get into, and youth people think it's all right to just, like, badmouth and send them death threats. Oh, and as we're on the subject of death threats, Please, please, please stop sending the actor playing the new Captain America death threats because he is not Chris Evans. Stop it. (laughs) And isn't the whole point is we're not meant to like him? Booted out of this audition room, bully. So literally it's like, imagine you're Anakin Skywalker and they're all younglings. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Where's my lightsaber? (laughs) What is the second thing that has come into our audition room today and why are you rejecting it today? So the next one is one that may come back to bite me on the ass because obviously, like I said, I'm a director as well and I don't know whether I do this or not. Twitter but... is um, at the ready. It's like, yeah. Any actor has ever worked to be with. That's what I should say. This isn't Peter. Okay. This we love you, darlings. <laughs> we love you, darling. Um, <laughs> but vague directions from directors. Right. Because I had, I had this... Director once. I won't say way when and what part of my yeah, life. Yeah, no, no, of course not. Because obviously that'd be naming people. But yeah. he just pulled me to say, he said, Matthew, that was that was really good. That was really nice. But can I just see a bit more from you? More what? Do you want like uh, more movement? Do you want more yeah. eye contact? Like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? And he's like, and he just put he just waved his hands at me. I was like, and I was just staring at him for about what 10 do you seconds. Take and I was from like, that? I'll try it one more time. Mm. And I did it again, and I did it slightly differently. Sure, mm. I wouldn't say I would use the <laughs> you would use the word more to describe <laughs> what I did. <laughs> and he pulled me to he pulled me to one side again. Then he said, "Really good, I love that. Well done." I just walked uh, off. Uh, I was like, "What <laughs> the fuck is going on?" <laughs> I was like, like what, what did you do differently from the first yeah, time?" Exactly, and the, and one that comes up all the time, and. If there's any directors listening to this now who are thinking about hiring me or Scott, don't say this to us. <laughs> make a choice, but make an interesting choice. What does that mean? What do you want from me? I am just an actor. Let's go back to Henry V in the, the famous leak scene. <laughs> Lambie's trying to hit pistol with a leak, and there's me doing like backflips over the thing, yeah, like yeah, treating yeah. this like flippy shit in wrestling. It's like really, yeah, that's really an interesting, interesting choice. choice really interesting mm. choice sculptor like yeah. that but this brings me back to another point if you walk out to the bar after a performance right mm. and someone says to you you've done really well there you made some interesting choices they didn't like your performance i'm convinced if someone ever says that to you they mm. hated your performance someone has said it to me i was like you didn't like my performance i was just oh. convinced then they want to say something but they don't know what to say in fact, I remember what it was. It was after um, Flo Ellen did the Scottish play. What, Macbeth? Ah! Hot potato, hot potato, but to make amends. Ah! I was playing Banco, 
And I walked out of the show and you made some really interesting choices for Banco there, mate. Well done. What does that mean? Say you no, know, if I saw you in a performance and I would like to say, like, if I liked your performance, which I'm sure I would. <laughs> yes, thanks. I, I hope so. <laughs> but let's like, so. let's hope so in the future. <laughs> I'd go up to you and say, it's like, oh, I enjoyed that performance, Bully, especially like the moments where like, I'd give like a specific example, you know? Yeah, you know, but to be honest, right? If someone came up to me after a performance and said, I really didn't like you in that, I wouldn't mind because at the end of the day, we're actors. Yeah. Rejection is what we do, right? Mm -hmm. It's fine. It's in the name of the podcast. (laughs) Exactly. But I know every performance I do, some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to think indifferently about it. That's the job and that's Mm. fine. In fact, I think I prefer directors who say to me, Matthew, that's wrong. And then give you an explanation of why they think it's wrong. Exactly, exactly. And don't get me wrong, they can do that in a subtle and nice way. They don't have to be a dickhead about it. No. But if I'm doing something wrong, I want to know. Don't come up to me and go, I want to see more from you. That's an interesting choice. Or don't <laughs> leave it until like after the, the opening night and says, I don't like that thing you've um, been doing in the opening scene. I've been doing it for 12 yeah. weeks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that and you've thing never you said in anything. The first scene? Yeah. Don't do that. All right. <laughs> Great. Thanks for that. Uh, have you only yeah, I'm, just noticed? When I'm directing, like I will, like I will get nitpicky about stuff. Obviously, that's your job at the end of the day if yeah. you're directing. And, I, and I'll go up to people and go, that line there, you need to put more emphasis on that word. Mm. You know, and I will do that. Of course. Of course I will. But that's yeah. my job, you know? Yeah. It's like they might try it and it may not um, look right, but yeah. at least they've tried it. Yeah. And one of the best directions I ever saw was in a directing class in uni, right? Hmm. And, right, so the person teaching us got two of us up, right? It wasn't me, I was watching. But mm-hmm. she said, right, you go, you go and fall asleep on that chair, okay? You go off stage left. Now, what I want you to do is come in and wake her up. That is a very, very clear direction. Mm. Walk on stage and wake that person up. Yeah. But she came in, instantly just walked up to her and shook her. Person mm. teacher said, no, boring. Do it again. That was boring. Do it again. Right. So she came in, clapped her hands. She went, uh, better, still not right. Okay, so she went off, came back on. So she clapped, person didn't wake up. She went, Ahem! still didn't wake up. Then she stamped her foot. Yeah. The person woke up. Now, that is very clear, but instantly, the start of that scene had energy, it had pace, it was perfect. Yeah. But it was a very strong, clear direction. And that's what actors need. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, there was a quote that um, Hitchcock said. I was reading it in a book and he said something along the lines. I never said that actors are cattle. They should be treated like cattle. And some people may interpret that as like, hang on, is he insulting actors? No, what it means is, is like actors do need direction. Yeah. Actors need to be told what to do at points. Mm. There are certain actors who... You don't have to direct much. Yeah. And you don't. I remember when I was directing Romeo and Juliet, 
and the person I had playing Romeo, he came in more or less with his idea of Romeo in his head. And all mm-hmm. I had to do was tweak it in certain yeah. places for what I needed for that production. Because he'd um, done a lot of the homework himself. Exactly. And that's fine. At the end of the day, that I see that as an actor doing his job. Yeah. Be more clear. Tell me yeah. what to do. You know? Yeah. You don't have I... to make every decision for me. No, I'm an not actor. At all. I can make decisions about my character. Obviously, of course I can. Yeah. And it's like um, the director shouldn't have to put like every, like you say, like tell you how to say your lines, everything word no. for word. Because if that's the case, then it's like, mm, maybe yeah. it's more your problem than the director's problem. Yeah, exactly. Problem. Yeah. I don't know whether to say this or whether to put, th- I, I tell you what, I'm going to say, I can cut it out later. <laughs> Here we go. I, I got told by somebody, and no word of a lie, this person said to me, Scott, he did give you direction, didn't he? And I was like, well, if he did, it was very vague. And then he said, yeah, but what I'm thinking, because of your Asperger's, maybe you can't take direction? He didn't say that. Word for word. Fuck me. Blood boiling in my I thing. Can't, I, I can imagine. Now, I may be wrong about this, and please, please um, correct me if I am wrong. No, no, by, by all means. Isn't, isn't one of the things with Asperger's is you take things quite literally. Yes. That, like, there are so many levels of the spectrum, but that is a very common one. It's yeah. like we will take things literally. And, like, if you're not specific, then some people w- will not be able to register it. If you are very, very clear with your actors, the actor, nine times out of ten, will show you exactly what you want to see. Exactly. You know? And it's that's like- the long and short of it, really. It's like a point I brought up earlier. It's easier to have like an actor like who's maybe being a bit over the top in a scene and then the director can bring you back down than someone who's like all the way at the bottom then trying to bring them up. Yeah. But if the director told me to do that when he said, I want to see more from you, Mm. if he just said, go for it, just go energy levels 10% from this one and I want to see how much we can can bring it back. That would have made sense. Mm. But the way you worded it was, I want to see more from you. I don't know where he's from. I don't know where he's from. Yeah, I want to see more from you. Okay, I'm sorry. Do I have to? (laughs) Whenever I've directed something, I've always thought to myself, right, I might be going into a bit too much detail with my actors or whatever, but I would rather do that and them say, okay, that's a bit too much information. Could you, like, put it under, like, one banner, if that makes sense? I think it ha- may happen with directors where it might be their first time directing or something like that. And, you know, that's nothing belittling that because no. I've had the first thing I directed, you know? Mm. We've all been there. Yeah. You know, but I think they might be scared yes. to tell the actor what they did was wrong. Jamie Brown brought up in the previous episode where we were talking about casting cheat. I'll refer to it as, and it's when you're mm. casting someone, like saying, you know, if you're casting someone who's much older, but then you end up casting like one of your best mates or Brenda from next door, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In mm. fact, I've only ever cast actors I've worked with just because yeah. I know them. I know I can trust them. Well, they're reliable. Sorry, then. sorry, I haven't hired you yet, Scott. <laughs> but- <laughs> 
it's been all... awkward now. <laughs> Sorry. Well, where we have, we have been in lockdown for a year, so you are. Forgiven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, give me. But a once, break. Uh, once theaters open up, I will be after. I'll be sending you a message, a strongly worded email. <laughs> Please don't sue. <laughs> but you're familiar with them, aren't you? And oh, of course, you can have a laugh and you can dick about. Yeah, like you know I am one for dicking about and I do like to have a laugh <laughs> but again you know? that brings a like a fun environment and like if if somebody exactly, feels yeah. uncomfortable or it feels like it's a bit too much then yeah. I'm sure you'd know to rein it back yeah exactly of course of course like for example there's a theater company I work with called Avant who were a mm. brilliant theater company to work with absolutely brilliant Rachel Pedley hardest working woman I know but I still find it hilarious that every time Rachel walks into a rehearsal room or a room that we are both going to be in for a while, I think it's hilarious to hide behind the door. <laughs> and as soon as she comes in, just shout Rachel like Christian Bale shouted in The Dark Knight. Uh... <laughs> make a jump. That's really funny to me. So <laughs> Rachel! No, that's really funny. <laughs> you know? It is. It is. I would have laughed. <laughs> but instantly, we're both laughing. Yeah. She's not laughing so much as me, hmm. but still, you know. <laughs> it's knowing when to have fun and when to be professional, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. But again, that goes back to the point of, like, directors being vague. It's like you say, it's like some people may be too scared because they're not confident in themselves to give direction to these people. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we understand that. If somebody asks you for more detail, give them more detail of what you're... Yeah you exactly. want them to do because like yeah. if if you just say it's like oh i want more then it's like okay belly flop <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but i remember when, again coming back to me directing romeo and juliet mm -hmm. i i remember it was the scene where lord and lady capula reject juliet hmm. And that scene, every time I've seen it, in whatever production it is, whether it's a very poor production or a very good production of Rodney Juliet, that scene has always got to me. Yeah. I, I, I hate that scene. And when I saw it on the schedule for that day... You were just like, Ugh. I was shitting myself about it. I was like, oh, God. I, really, yeah. I, I don't want to do this scene. I really don't want to direct this scene. <laughs> but it took me... It took... I, I needed to say one thing. And I only ever needed to say one thing about it. So the actors, who were all fantastic, started doing the scene. Um, it was very good. It was very good. But the one thing I have to say to the actress playing Lady Capula, don't look at Juliet. Okay. Don't look at Juliet throughout all of this. Mm. Very clear direction. They did the scene again. Do you know when you just feel something is just perfect? Yeah. And you don't want to touch it. Yeah. For the rest of the rehearsal process, you just don't want to touch it. And to say that was perfect, I just thought, oh, my God, I don't have to do this scene anymore. <laughs> you know, I was over the moon. I was like, I don't have to do this scene because it always gets to me. Okay, when I watched it in the performance, I was at the back because I was dead by that point because I cast myself as an acute shield. But <laughs> when I was sat in the back watching that scene, I was bawling. I was mm. just bawling my eyes out because it always gets to me. And one very clear direction, and it was done. Yeah. And sometimes and that's, that's all it needs. Exactly. You know? Like, sometimes it doesn't have to be overly detailed. It's just like... 
a few words. It's like, do this, this, and this because this. And then that's exactly. your direct. That's probably all you have to do for the entire directing session. Yeah. But the vagueness of direction definitely needs to get rejected. Like, again, we understand if it's your first time directing or like say, no, you're doing like a small scale production or you've just got a couple of your friends together and you want to give it a go. It's fine to be anxious, but it's your project at the end of the day. So don't be afraid hmm. to have your say on it. And if it doesn't yeah. work, that's fine. But again, when you're just being vague for the sake of being vague and just thinking, uh, uh, do this, it, it feels lazy to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On to our third of Act 3 of the Reject or Recall podcast. Bully, what has come into the audition room today? And is it something that infuriates you or is it just a generalised thing here? It is more of a generalised thing, I think, this one. Weighing up your normal, normal job, in inverted commas, mm-hmm. and your acting work. Between acting jobs, I am a mental health support worker. So Are you? I am. So that can be quite a stressful job. You work in 12-hour shifts. You know, it's it's a hard, it can be a hard job, you know? Yeah. I know I have to keep that job because when mm. I'm not acting, I need a job. Yeah. Why it winds me up? Because once when I was in something, I did rehearsals on the Monday. I finished at five o'clock. I went to a night shift that night and did a 12-hour shift. Oh, I came back into rehearsals straight from there, did rehearsals, went back to work that night, did a 12-hour shift, went back to rehearsals on Wednesday, Hmm. and then Wednesday night I slept. But that meant that Tuesday, well, in fact, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I couldn't give my best kind of work in that rehearsal room. Hmm. I couldn't concentrate on the Monday because I knew... In a few hours, I had to go to work. Tuesday, I was just a little bit tired because I'd just been at work for 12 hours. Of course. And then the Wednesday, I just didn't know where the fuck I was, you know? Yeah. I was just completely zoned out. But I had to do that because I need Survive. a job. Yeah, I need to pay my bills at the end of the month. How the hell are you alive? <laughs> yeah, I just think I'm so used to doing it now. Because that's not the only production where I've had to go to a night shift. Yeah. You know, I do it all the time. I've done it when I've been working for Flewellyn. I do it all the time when I'm working for a van. I do it all the time wherever I'm working, you know? Yeah, And course. it's hard. It's, it's fucking hard. Of course it is. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard anything about it. That's why all the stuff about a universal basic income, that would completely change the arts. That would completely yeah. change the arts. Because me and you may not be under pressure to have to go to work that night because we've been in rehearsals all day. Yeah. Because we know we'll have money at the end of the month to cover the bills. Exactly. And when people label Universal Basic Income as our generation's NHS, it really would be that important. The stereotype is like, if you're on Universal Credit, you're doldossing. No, absolutely not. That's the thing. There are so many different circumstances with different people. It's like you said, like um, if there was this um, new form of universal credit, then you would be able to focus on yeah, like your acting exactly. and then you would be able to give it um, yeah. 110%. And there wouldn't be the stigma about eyes oh, on universal credit because if it's a universal basic income, everyone gets it. 
whether you're a billionaire or whether you me and you you know everyone will get that okay it's a billionaire so i'll have to pay it back with a little bit of tax to help pay for it yeah surely that's a reasonable thing to ask that would completely change our industry for the better yeah you know i think if that were the case then there would be a lot less mental health cases within the arts absolutely like that may seem like a generalization and my mental health will never go away like everyone's going to suffer like their own way shape or form but because of that there will be less stresses and then people will feel less obliged. Like, I've had this. I'm sure you've had it. Like what you're saying about um, the job and everything. It's just like, I think to myself, I actually haven't applied for jobs because I'm thinking if I take that job, I'll have to give up this job. And then when I come back, I'm not going to have any income, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. That's just yeah, the yeah, way yeah. my mind has worked and the way a lot of people perceive it. It's like, yeah. oh, if you're an actor, you have to be in like the top 2%. And that, yeah, that, that exactly, is like yeah. Hollywood or like um, the West End constantly working six nights a week. But yeah. that's not the way it is for the other 98%. And in a way, that's why I have started writing and directing. When I'm not doing the normal, 30 commas, normal job. Yeah, or I'm the not muggle acting. job, as they say. Yes, the muggle job. <laughs> or, um, or I'm not acting. It's given me something to do. I'm still yeah. being creative within mm. these things, you know? Yeah. So I'm always thinking about the next thing I want to direct. I'm always thinking about something else to write, you know? And the first thing I've wrote that's hopefully being produced later this year now is about someone who suffers with bipolar, but lots of part of that because the person is based on me Mm. and he's an actor. The financial struggles come up all the time. Yeah. All the time. Just because it's been financial struggle is such a massive part of every actor's life, I think. Yeah. You know, like you said, the 98% of people who are not working constantly, who are not Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. You know, that makes up 98% of our industry. Yeah. You know? And 98% and, of this industry so hungry to get work and only like a yeah. smaller portion will get those little jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even if I have that universal basic income coming in, I'd still have to go to work. Yeah. You know, I'd st- but I wouldn't have that pressure when I've got acting work on to have to go to work. You know, I, I do can take holiday. Agree. I can just yeah. say I can't work these days. There needs to be more support for this industry in these areas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All the expenses that go into like the traveling to auditions, getting headshots done, getting your show reels finished and up to date and everything. Yeah. It's like it all adds up. And then you're expected to live and pay your normal rent and your bills and everything like that. Yeah. So be more understanding of actors yeah. who are trying to balance their life, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. The work life balance mm. for actors is mental. It's yeah. crazy. Absolutely bonkers. Like, how many times have me and you heard it? And in fact, I've heard you say this. I need to go by a certain time tonight because i got to get to work. Yeah. How many times have you heard an actor or the director or wh- whoever's in that room with you say yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. You know? The subtext, to bring it back to acting, is like, I need to go because I need to make money to pay bills. Yeah. Exactly. But again, that shouldn't be frowned upon. And like no, no actors or directors or anyone or even anyone outside of the art should be thinking, oh, he's just skiving off. No, I'm not skiving yeah, off. Exactly. I've got my, my muggle job. 
to yeah. go to. And something we should probably add to this is some theatre companies, and this isn't nothing against those theatre companies because this is just the way they have to work. As actors, you may not get paid for that job until weeks, months after the performance. Yeah. Because they have to work, wait until all the ticket money comes in, calculate it, work it out, what's the split between all the actors yeah, and everything like that, you know? And then it's like through agencies and all that, like what's their exactly. cut and everything. Yeah, so yeah. You may not see that money for months, which is no. completely understandable. And I get that. Extra shoots immediately comes to my mind. Yeah. Or medical role plays, which I do quite a lot of. Yeah. They won't pay you for months and months, you know. Yeah, because like you say, there are so many elements they need to take it yeah, on. Like exactly, yeah. I, I still remember to this day when I was about 16, I was in college and I'd got myself a job on a um, S4C job TV show as an extra. I probably wouldn't have that money for like two months. I've got my mum yeah. saying, it's like, I think that person's trying to con you. I'm like, what? It's like, like because like a <laughs> lot of people, a lot of people don't understand. Like it takes this, like obviously, like you said, it's like there are all these factors that have to be dealt with. Yeah. But it's just like, if I keep chasing this person up, this person's going to get annoyed at me and I'm not going to get any more work. Exactly. Yeah. But again, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it all goes back to the fact, like we have to work these normal jobs, inverted commas, muggle jobs, yeah. muggle jobs <laughs> in order to support ourselves while we wait for the money off the thing that we did that we enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That has to definitely be rejected, in my opinion. And hopefully this um, new form of universal credit, like you mentioned, like yeah. with the means testing for everyone, and then it lowers the pressure off people because like the way things are going, especially with the way um, COVID's been treating people and like yeah. mental health cases rising, there needs to be more support and people need to be more understanding. Yeah. So and not I, just more support for everyone in the arts, but just everyone, everyone in yeah. general. Yeah. 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 Like um, I, I don't care if like you're you're in the arts, whether you're in the NHS or you're you're a builder or you're yeah. an accountant, there needs to be something. Yeah. Absolutely. But again, that whole stigma is just getting rejected. So, bye. <laughs> I gotta say, Bully, it's been absolutely lovely chatting to you. But if you're up for it and you can manage it, and I don't want to go on the length of a King Lear production at the Globe for like 10 hours. Bloody do! <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could go all night, people. This could be the longest episode yet. <laughs> uh, I, I but... don't hear that very often. I can go all <laughs> night, trust me. <laughs> I am not commenting on anything, but... <laughs> My girlfriend is now listening to this with her head in her hands. <laughs> I was um, hosting auditions for one of my uh, short films and your girlfriend right. was auditioning at the time. And then right. um, your girlfriend's mother came down just to ask, I said, oh, I've just packed the car around there and just have a drink. Is <laughs> that true? Yeah, it's true. She's never told me that. Oh, just say the words die and breed audition and tell her, it's like, did your mother come in during the audition? <laughs> because it was in I, the Northside Wine not Bar. She said this to me. Right, oh, right. So literally, she came down the steps, and literally, um, me and the core director, we just turned around. It's like, come on in, audition. <laughs> come in, Linda. It's fine. Come in. Yeah, Linda. Right, I'd like you to play the role of the hitman, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you up for shaving your head? No. All right, that's fine. <laughs> right, so um, Linda will not be playing Scott Anthony in this film. <laughs> Oh. But like I said, if you are a Fribouli, could you please give us one more point for the encore for the Reject or Recall podcast? And let's yes. make it a good one. <laughs>
Now that is your I've, reject. Yes. I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> I know this one may piss a lot of people off. It may even annoy you, Scott. I don't know what your feelings are on this. Wrestling is a real sport. <laughs> no, no, it's not. There's a particular director, which I can't stand, but he seems to be catapulted to visionary status for some reason, and I just don't get it. So the person I would like to reject from the performing arts industry is Zack Schneider. Oh, okay. <laughs> Again, I, I, I haven't seen the Snyder Cut of Justice Leagues, but please Mate. go on. Mate. Four hours. Honestly, I paused it and had to come back to it after because, my God, just awful. I don't understand why people love this man so much. Now, if someone was to hire Jack Snyder as a cinematographer, fine. Because don't get me wrong, he has some beautiful looking shots in his films. He does. He really does. He really does. But can I just remind people, putting something in slow motion isn't visionary. No. You know, it's just like, I don't understand why people love this man so much. He can't write. He can barely <laughs> direct. Why is he Why is he classed as a visionary director? You know, the two films that everyone comes back to and says, oh, yeah, but is 300 or Watchmen. Yeah. Right, fine. Hmm? Those are not great films. They are completely adequate films. They hmm. are fine at best. Yeah. You know? Everyone seems to love Man of Steel. Everyone seems to love Batman versus Superman. Everyone seems to love this new cut of Justice League. And I just don't understand. This might actually back up your point. And I actually said this to one of my friends because when we saw Batman v Superman together, we said, it's like what you said about 300 and Watchmen. It's an adequate film. It's a film. It's all right. Yeah, there are problems with it. But... Well, it's no, well, there's all right. several problems in it. Look, Ben Affleck and Jeremy Irons saved it for me, okay? <laughs> they were a very, very strong part of that film. Yeah. But again, there were again there were a lot of things I didn't like about it. And again, I have um thought about this idea of doing like a reject or recall film review sort of episode. We might get to that in the future. So little right, teaser okay. for you there, people. <laughs> yes. But oh, I'd love that. Oh, there's so many films I want to reject. <laughs> Let's do it now. This oh. is the pilot for it. Let's go. <laughs> I personally thought Batman v Superman, eh, all right, whatever, yeah. cool. But a lot of people were either saying that or they said that they didn't like it when it came out. But since the Snyder Cut of Justice League, everyone seems to be praising Man of Steel and exactly. Batman v Superman. I'm like... Yeah. Hang on, you were the same person who said that you didn't like that film. Mm. So what has changed? Yeah, the Justice League film has changed. But what? The other films haven't? No, exactly. And Batman versus Superman, right? Mm. The film is called Batman versus Superman. Now, if, it, if you're going to call a film that, you'd expect Batman or Superman maybe to have a couple of tussles in it. Mm. No, no, not with Jack Schneider. There's about 10 minutes at the end. 
Like, yeah. This is what I've come here for. Surely is the, again that is, is the, the problem between those two characters. I think that's a problem oh. of Warner Brothers itself, of like the fact it's like, oh, we gotta compete with Marvel because they're way ahead, they're nearly on ending. Yeah. We've got to do something like that. And the thing is, with Batman v Superman, it wasn't a Batman versus Superman film, it was a film to shove all of this stuff to yeah. set up Justice League, and it's exactly. like I would have been fine with that if you didn't call it Batman vs. Superman. I've actually seen a better Batman v Superman film. Oh, yeah, what's that? The Dark Knight Returns? And don't get me wrong, the one thing I would say about Shaq Snyder is the trailers for his films are always class. They are. They're always amazing. It's not really a saving grace for an entire film, as it, no. you know? But just all this love for him, and I really don't understand this, Scott. I really don't. It took me three attempts to watch Watchmen, that's a ton twister in itself. Watch Watchmen. Yeah. Watch Watchmen. <laughs> watch Watchmen. Watch. <laughs> but I, I saw it in the cinema. Didn't like it. Saw it a second time. Mm, okay. Third time. All right. Yeah. Like, but, I don't want to say too much about his cut of Justice League now, because I know you haven't seen it. But every, all the fanboys just go mental because... Yeah. A certain character was introduced. I won't say, and there was an interaction like, between like two characters and all do you, that. Do you know? Do you know the character know. that was introduced? Yes. Right. Okay. So I can say it. Right. Okay, yeah. Fine. Who gives a fuck if Martian Manhunter is in it for five seconds in one scene and twenty seconds right at the end? Who yeah. cares? Yeah. That's not an introduction. I know who it is. I can assure you that if my mom and dad were to watch it. The first question to me, who the fuck is that? Yeah. It makes no sense. You yeah. were literally just pandering to fanboys. That's the same not... as J.J. Abrams did in The Rise of Skywalker. You yeah. Know, why are you doing this? It's it's the same with Marvel films. I like give in Stanley a cameo, but again, that makes sense because it's like everyone knows who Stanley is at this point. But it doesn't distract from the film at all, does it? No. Yeah, you know, it's a quick five-second thing and then it's gone. You know, yeah. if you know who it is, brilliant. If you don't, it's some random old man. But when people say to me, oh, you're just a Marvel fanboy. No. Well, yeah, I might be because, hmm. funnily enough, Marvel make decent enough films, you know? Yeah, they're but not all perfect. If, if you compare, but... No, they're not all perfect. They're far from perfect. Thor the Dark World, I'm looking at you. If you compare my reaction to the very first Avengers and the Justice League, Day and night. There's, there's, it is day and night. I can't believe I'm admitting this to a couple of hundred people who may li- or a couple of thousand people who may listen to the podcast. I don't know. Or but, ten. Okay. <laughs> it's early days. Yeah, 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 exactly. Thanks for listening, but, Georgia. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I doubt she'll even listen to it, to be honest, mate. But <laughs> if I say she's mentioned, she may. That shot in Avengers when they're eventually all together. And the camera is panning around them. Yes. I was crying. I was literally bawling my eyes out because I was so excited. Because this is what eight-year-old me has always dreamed about, is seeing something like this, you know? On the big screen. Yeah, it was incredible to see it. Mm-hmm. The reason I didn't have that feeling when Justice League came out... You don't give a fuck about the characters. Okay. Yeah. I just don't give a fuck about them. You yeah. know? How many films was it before Avengers? Five? Six, maybe? Something like that, was it? 
something like that. Well, 2008 to 2012. Yeah, so exactly. There was a few, so about yeah, five or a, six films. There's a build-up to this. I would honestly say, if the, if the characters within Justice League were done properly, mm. I prefer those characters to anything Marvel have got. If Batman mm. is done properly, if Superman is done properly, if Wonder Woman is done properly, Cyborg, Greenland, whatever, if all yeah, those yeah. characters are done properly, then you set up a Justice League film, like mm-hmm. Marvel did, I would be going ape shit over it. Yeah. Because I much prefer those characters. Yeah. You know? Maybe not now, because my memory's been sullied of those yeah, characters. I, yeah, you know? of course. This hashtag, restore the Snyderverse. Why? Uh, like, pe- why? People... Because people are like saying, it's like, like I said to you um, earlier, people who are saying restore the Snyder first, you were the ones ripping on the previous films. What's no, changed? Really what has yeah. lockdown done to people? <laughs> but where, where can they go from you? If they you can't. restore it, where, where can they go? What the, can they do with it? See, that's why, it, like, again, I think the reason it was four hours was because Zack Snyder was trying to ram everything in yeah, because he didn't have, like, film after film after film after film to develop these characters. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I'm sure if Zack Snyder had a chance to do that, I I still don't think I would be a massive fan of it because it's him and I don't particularly like his films. Mm. But it would have given Justice League a fair crack at being half decent then, you know? I get what you mean. Some stunning shots. Yeah, exactly. Put yeah. a camera in his hand. Hire him as a cinematographer. In fact, you could probably even hire him as a director, but don't make him such a massive creative force behind those characters because he's just yeah. not up to it. The man can't write for Toffee. Like, he well, really he said, can't. He, this is the man who said that, get over it, Batman kills. Have you read a comic? It's, it's just like, no, he doesn't, Zach. Zach. <laughs> he just doesn't, does he? Like, uh, people are thinking, it's like, uh, I mean, he probably has. No, 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 no. Uh, me and Bully know comics. We know characters. Yeah. He doesn't. That's his yeah. one massive thing. I don't kill. I've run out of things to say about him because I but, just I just don't yeah. get it. I really don't. I wish I had more to say about it, but <laughs> I'm struggling to think of things to say about him because, like I said, I don't understand. I don't understand why he's such a big deal. Like, where has this, like, overnight um, god-like mantra come from? Where people, like, maybe last year were saying, well, we don't care about the Snyder cut. And now it's come out, everyone's like, (gasps) oh, my God. Jared Leto was in it for 30 seconds at the end. Restore the Snyderverse. Where has this praise come from? Because, again, these are the people... It kind of, it's almost like the reverse of the earlier point. You know, when we were saying about like fandoms, like going overly negative. It's like yeah. fandoms have gone the complete reverse on this scenario. Exactly. And if you disagree, yeah. people hound you. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm just saying. Mm. Again, I don't everyone can it. have an opinion, people. Yeah, exactly. I know it's 2021 and the way things are going, people think, oh, if you don't think the way I do, then cancelled. But yeah, this is what I thought it might be contentious. Yeah, but this is what yeah. I'm thinking. Reject Zack Snyder as a director. But I think he's a worse writer than he is a director. We have established he's a he has a keen eye for shots. Very and keen eye for shots. I would give like him as long as it's not all slow motion. Like there Fine. are some really, really good shots. So yeah. 
I will recall Zack Snyder as a cinematographer, but reject him as a writer and director. Yes. Or whoever Zack Snyder's cinematographer is, props to you. Well done. Great. There we are. So if um we've accidentally um recalled Zack Snyder, we will find out, and then he will get rejected again, yeah. and then the cinematographer yeah. will be like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> this is Matt Booley. Um, he's going to step in as director for this remake of the yeah, exactly. Booleyverse. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag yeah. Risk, hashtag create the Booleyverse. <laughs> Sorry, oh, that just that just sounds like something out of Dragon Ball Z, you know. <laughs> Does it? like most of my teachers then. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, Bully, thank you so much for coming on to this episode of the Rejector Recall podcast. It has been lovely chatting to you about the arts and just geeking out in general. And no this is this is why I say every time there is something on this podcast for everyone, whether you are an artist yourself whether you enjoy films, theatre, as a spectator. As we've established tonight, there are loads of different ways to look at things. So where can we find you on social media? Any productions you want to plug, as you mentioned? Yes, you can find me on social media, on Instagram. Matthew John Bool, I'm there. Twitter, I'm at Boolykins. I don't use Facebook, really, so don't find me on there. I can't be asked. Um, <laughs> but later this summer, um, I've literally been cast as something i've always listed as my dream role on stage is a batman, so I'm gonna... <laughs> it's batman unfortunately. there is um, a batman musical uh, there is saying. a batman musical. Um, but it's not batman no it's not batman. um i've been cast as henry the fifth oh in henry the fifth nice i'm absolutely beside myself I get to play that part um, because that's literally the first Shakespeare my parents took me to see oh, and that's why play. I fell in love with Shakespeare and the fact I get to actually play someone I class as a little bit of a hero oh. is amazing um, and what company is that with? that's with Avant um, nice so yeah just keep an eye on my social medias but if you want to know more about it you can go to www.avant.cymru forward slash productions and you find lots of information about it there you'll be able to find out where when and how to come and see you hopefully covid dependent yeah but i will leave all the links on um, the reject or recall social media on facebook twitter instagram and guys if you did enjoy this episode of the podcast you can listen to this on spotify podbean apple podcast and Google Podcasts, which I didn't even realize was on there myself until my friend told me earlier. <laughs> Not a clue. What the fuck is Google Podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> my mate literally just randomly told me. Um, he said, oh, yeah, you know when you're doing your list at the end? You're on Google Podcasts. And I was like, well, they never told me. <laughs> I never got a confirmation email. So it's just like smooth. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, right. Listen there if, if you can, yeah. if you want to. <laughs> But again, guys, if you have any pet peeves, whether it be related to the arts or any of your favorite fandoms or anything like that, or even if it's just pet peeves in general, let us know what they are in the comments below. And until next time, guys, when in doubt, jazz hands and decide whether you really want the Snyder universe back. <laughs> just think about it. Just yeah, you, you've got a bit of time now. Just sit at home, <laughs> have a cuppa and think, right, what are the pros and cons of this now? I still prefer the idea of... Oh, totally right.